Amen. Thank you so much, David. There's a real sense today, and I hope you sense this at home as well, a real sense of God's uh, pleasure in our gathering together. He, he's glad that we've taken time uh, at home and here in the room to set aside time in our busy lives, in our full schedules, to, uh, to come together and to read his word together. Now, uh, it's, uh, I know I look like I'm still in my 20s, but probably uh, for the last 30 years, I have been a student of leadership. I've, uh, I've just been fascinated by the difference that leadership makes. Uh, I, I've been fascinated by the different approaches to leadership. I, I don't know how many books I've read on leadership. I've been to leadership conferences. I, I've taught on leadership in, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 different countries. I've studied leadership. I think leadership really, really matters. Leadership really matters in today's world. It always has mattered and it matters today. And I want to talk about that today. But when it comes to leaders, it seems to me it does matter who sets the budget. Any taxpayers here? Uh, it does matter who sets the tone. It does matter who decides who does what. It does actually matter if you own Watford Football Club, who your temporary manager is going to be. Yeah. Uh, for, the, for today anyway, right? <laughs> if, you're, if you're leading a sports team, it matters who's on the pitch. And it matters who decides who gets to play on the pitch. Really matters. It, it matters who gets the microphone. It matters the, the, the approach to... It matters who gets our attention. Leadership really, really matters. Can I hear any amends to that? I want to talk about that. It seems to me that, that what happens in leadership, whether it's football uh, or maybe if you're on The Apprentice, it matters who the project manager is. Yes? Or the sub-project leader or whatever it is. It matters in a town who the mayor is. In a country, it matters who the prime minister is. Hello? It matters who the president is. It matters who the councillor is. It matters who the chancellor is. Leadership matters. And the reason it matters is because we need leaders who have these three things. There seems to be three words, the descriptives that I will give to this, just as we prepare to come to God's word. Let's be thinking about leadership. It seems to me that it's important that in leadership there is clarity. Yeah, if you're a squad of 25, it's important to know who is going to choose the starting 11. Clarity, it's important. It's important that leaders are recognized. It's important that leaders are, under, that are able to cast a clear vision and set a clear direction. Have you ever got in a car and when there's two drivers? <laughs> Hello? When, when there's a driver and then there's a driver driver. It matters in the end who decides which way we go, whether you turn left or right. I'm sorry, I'm bringing up a few kind of spousal disagreements. We've, we've all been there before Google. Uh, for those who are too young, remember that we used to have arguments in cars before Google or our sat-nav told us where to go, and they didn't always end well. It matters who the head of state is. And for, for healthy organizations, um, it matters where there's clarity. There also needs to be integrity. The personal integrity of those who lead is really important. Really important. 
do they espouse, do they represent, do they model, uh, do they act out what they say? Is that actually how they live and how they love and how their personal life and whether they can keep a promise, whether they're worthy of trust, that really, really matters. Integrity matters. We know because when, when we see that fall, we know that things start to fall apart. The, the house of cards begins to fall. It also, the third thing, not just clarity, not just integrity, but accountability. We need to know who to blame, but we need to know who to trust. And leaders also, uh, they hold us to account. That's why we have, one of the reasons we have a police force. There's no point having a book of laws without somebody to hold us to account. Anyone had a speeding ticket recently? Don't raise your hand. It may well be that there was somebody who was holding you to account. Because when it says 30, 45 is not 30. Some of you are laughing too loudly to that. I'm sure that's never you. Never you. Accountability also is a chance of who do we hold to account for the decisions that are made. Leadership really matters. And in this series called Essential Matters, we are walking through the book of 1 Corinthians. And we're taking our lead, if you like, from an ancient letter that was written to the church in Corinth in the first century. And we felt as a senior leadership team impressed to look at this book because many of the matters that are dealt with in the pages of this letter, uh, many of the matters are very pertinent to us at, in this day and age. The letter may be 2,000 years old, but it is still, it resonates. And what we're looking to do when we open the word of God together is we're looking uh, humbly to say, God, please, would you show us what you are saying to us today through what you said through Paul to the church in Corinth then? And my experience over since I was a little boy, my experience is that when people of when the people of Jesus gather together and say, Lord, would you speak to me through these pages? More often than not, he really does. For the people that would listen, he speaks. And so as we come to 1 Corinthians, our prayer is simply this, and it is, isn't it? And for everyone at home and for everyone here, we're saying, Lord, if there's anything you want to say to me personally today, Lord, speak. And if there's anything you'd want to say to us as a church today, we say, Lord, speak. Holy Spirit, would you shine a light on these ancient words? and bring them to life, and help them lead us as we live. In Jesus' name. Come, Lord. This whole thing is an encounter with the Lord in his word. This is not an exercise in presentation. This is a desire to encounter the Holy Spirit through his word. That's what this time is in our week. Amen? So in 1 Corinthians... I just want to illustrate something. As, as, uh, and we kind of, last week, David brilliantly kind of set the tone, explained about the church in Corinth, where it is geographically. He also was talking about ego, and we're going to poke some of those same issues again today uh, about the power of ego to distract us from looking to the cross of Christ from the end of chapter one, beginning of chapter two. 
But I want us to go back just to a few verses in chapter 1. And if you've got your Bibles, if you'd like to switch them on, swipe the other apps away and go to that. Or you could turn one of these old traditional things uh, called a book and uh, open the page at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 4. And I just want to point out something to you about the preeminence of Jesus in these in these verses, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you'll be free from all blame on the day when who? When our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he who? He is faithful to do what he says and he has invited you into a partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul sets the whole agenda for his book by saying, look, he'll talk about spiritual gifts later. He'll talk about all the stuff they need to address in the church later. But he makes a point in the end, this is about Jesus who's coming again. And in the meantime, between now and when he returns, we are invited as his church, given gifts to be in a partnership with who? With the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Lord. And Paul makes that really clear. Now, none of us is, probably not a lot of what I'm talking about that you're going to disagree with and say, well, that's rubbish, Tim. That's a really, this, what's, what's this new deep teaching you bring to us? No, this is basic foundational teaching that we build our lives upon. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? From verse 10. And we'll take this a little bit slower. I appeal to you. Dear brothers and sisters, in the inclusive uh, NLT version, well, dear brothers in the original Greek, dear brothers and sisters, by the, what? By the authority of who? Of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just pause there. He is invoking here the authority, the leadership preeminence, the power, the primacy, if you like, of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ, by his authority, he says, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. And as we heard earlier, that's reflected in Ephesians chapter 4 and many other places, being one in Philippians 2, being one in thought and purpose. Verse 11, for some members of Chloe's household, this sounds like a, a some, I don't know, uh, so a soap opera or something, doesn't it? For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels. My dear brothers and sisters, uh-oh. Chloe's been talking. <laughs> Chloe's brother's been talking. Chloe's mum's been talking. They've been spreading rumours. They've been reporting back. Maybe one of them can write. And they've written a letter to Paul. Do you know, I get emails. I think Paul got letters every now and then. Oh, by the way, Paul, I don't think anyone's going to tell you this, but I've heard that there are arguments in this church. You know, the church you planted? You know, the church that you're so pleased with? Guess what, Paul? Don't be so pleased, said Chloe and her mum or whoever wrote that. You know, uh, 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 Chloe says, no, actually, this is what he says. Listen to this. Some of you are saying, 
I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos. And another says, I follow Peter or Cephas in the Greek. I follow Paul. Yeah, he planted this church and I was there when he planted it. Now, you might do that. I never met Paul, but I follow Apollos. He's a really, really good Bible teacher. You know, when Paul preaches, people fall out of windows and die. Hello? Apollos never did that. He led me to Jesus. Well, guess what? I met Cephas. You know, the one from the day of Pentecost. You heard about that? I follow Cephas. And then included in the list says, or I follow Christ. The New Living Translation says only Christ, but in the original Greek that this is written in, it just says follow Christ. There's a problem. Hello? There's a problem. The title for my talk today is No Competition. No Competition. Verse 13. And then Paul goes off on one at this rumor. He's heard from Chloe's household and he is fuming. And he says, has Christ been divided into factions? Was I Paul crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. I thank God that I didn't baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. For now, no one can say that they were baptized in my name. I love this because he can't delete on Microsoft Word. He carries on. Oh, yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. But I don't remember baptizing anyone else. <laughs> it's like, you can't delete the ink on a papyrus. You know, it's not that easy. He gets his Tipex out. Anyone remember Tipex? Anyway, for Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news. And not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. You see, when it comes to leadership in the church, there is no competition. Hello? No competition. But you might say, the the problem is though, Tim, there is. I'm saying that I know there is, but there really isn't. Now, when it comes to other things in life, if there was rich tea and Garibaldi, and Jacob's Cracker, and a freshly baked Costco triple chocolate cookie, no competition. I don't want to offend any rich tea eaters, no competition. If there is a, I don't know, Lidl's own brand cornflakes, I don't mean to offend anyone, or Raisin Bran, or Asda's home choice rice pops, or whatever they're called, or fresh, hot, banana and blueberry porridge with cinnamon and honey on the top. I'm just telling you, no competition. It's obvious which one brings light and life to the beginning of your day. When it comes to lentil soup, uh, corn mince, anything, sorry, artichoke, anything, sorry, or responsibly farmed organic rump steak. I'm sorry, no competition. But in the early church, in the church in Corinth, some people are following Paul, some are following Apollos, some are following Cephas, and some are following Christ. He's just one amongst a list of those leaders. 
Oh, I'm, I'm a Baptist Christian. What? Yeah, I, hope you're, I hope you're a Christian Baptist. Oh, I'm an Anglican Christian. No, I, I hope you're a Christian Anglican. Do you hear the, do you hear the efforts? That, that's what, no, 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 hang on, you've got this all wrong. Oh, I'm a Pentecostal Christian. No, 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 I'm a Christian who is Pentecostal. Hallelujah! <laughs> I'm a Christian who's part of Assemblies of God. Hallelujah! But I'm a Christian first. We need leaders in our lives, but I'm telling you today, there are many leaders that we need in our lives, but there's only one Lord. And his name is Jesus. That is the point. That is the point Paul is making, because there is a ridiculous division. Who gives the vision in the church? Jesus. Who sets the tone in the church? Jesus. Who gets the glory in the church? I hope he does. Hello? I hope he does. Because when there's clarity in the church about who is Lord, there is blessing in the church. We can bank on his integrity, right? And in terms of accountability, the reason uh, Paul uses this title Lord or Kyrios in the Greek, the reason that's used to describe Jesus of Nazareth is because the Lord is the title used for the one who will come back in the end and will judge the living and the dead. He is Lord. It means master. It means the boss of bosses, the king of kings, the one who sits on the throne at the right hand of God the Father. His name is Jesus. He is Lord. He's king and he's Lord. And this is not just the only place. In fact, uh, there's a whole load of stuff about uh, the difference between a message of wisdom and eloquence and then a message of the Spirit's power in chapter 2. And then if you jump down to chapter 3, you'll see this same idea comes up. I just want to reinforce what I've already said by reading what Paul's also written. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. Uh, Because he wanted to talk about spiritual things, but he felt like they weren't there. He said, I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were in infants in Christ. And I I think, Paul, hang on, who planted this church? He's like, I did. That's reassuring for me anyway. Uh, Verse 2, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. The language that's used there describes jealousy. It's like this boiling envy is that you you don't celebrate other people. Instead, you just wish that you were like someone else, like another person. You wish you had what someone else is. And as for quarrel, the word in the original Greek describes an affection for dispute. Does anyone know anyone that has an affection for dispute? You know, you're just having a conversation. You know, the person who's the self-appointed devil's advocate. I just want to tell you, the devil doesn't need an advocate in the church. Hello? He doesn't need an He doesn't need someone just loving an argument. If you love an argument too much, get on your knees before the Lord and say, God, just refine that part of my character. If you're quarrelsome... That's not a fruit of the Spirit. That comes from the sinful nature. That's what Paul says. He says, aren't you living like people of the world? 
When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. What was the good news? About Jesus, right? Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we're both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. I love that. Because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation, listen to this, must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ This is the word of the Lord. When it comes to leadership in the church, let's say it together, there is no competition. Let's say it again. When it comes to leadership in the church, there is no competition. None. There must be none. Now, Paul rightly says, and later on in 1 Corinthians and other places in Ephesians, he describes the importance of leadership in the church. He spent his time raising leaders. He himself was an apostolic leader. He explains in Ephesians chapter 4 the importance of what we call the fivefold gifting that is in the church, that needs to be nurtured in the church. That is the apostle and the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd and the teacher. All of these things are, are gifts in the church. They are qualities of the church, but it also requires leaders who are apostolic, groundbreaking, sending leaders and prophets who will speak the mind and heart of God. We need the prophetic in the church to grow even more. We need evangelists who will stand on the street corners as well as lead people personally to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need shepherds and pastors who will gather people together in the flock and we need teachers who can expand the wisdom of God in these foolish dark days so that we might live rightly before God. We need all of those gifts in the church. And yes, very often God raises up leaders that model those things. Leadership is important in the church. Paul says that. But when it comes to leadership in the church, there is no competition of who really the leader is. Apollos may be your leader, but Jesus is Lord. Hello? We need leaders in our life. We actually need to know who our leaders are. I'm just telling you now my own experience. I need to be led. I need leaders to speak into my life, to challenge my life, to shape it. I wouldn't be alive today. I wouldn't still be married today. I wouldn't still be following Jesus today if it wasn't for the input of leaders in my life. From an early age, God seemed to always bring people into my life that I could look to who modeled something of the kingdom. Uh, We need leaders. Leaders are a gift to the church. Let's make no bones about that. It's not bad. In fact, it's good. We need to know we need leaders who have clarity. We need leaders who walk with integrity. We need leaders who are accountable and that we can hold to account. Can I hear any amen? This is, I'm, I'm just trying to draw out some wisdom from these pages. We need leaders. 
We need our pools. We need our policies, uh, policies and that's hard to say, and uh, CFAS. We need leaders in our life. But Paul says, I resolved, he talked about, as an expert builder, I laid the foundation, but there is only one foundation. And who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one foundation. And the great thing is, he is not subtle or, or he's not prone to moral failure. He's not prone to letting it all go to his head. He's not prone to manipulation or to control. He is the foundation. And there'll be many leaders in our lives, leaders for a season and a reason, but there is only one Lord. When it comes to leadership in the church, there is no no competition. So what does this mean for us? Just a couple of thoughts, and then we're going to make some declarations together, some fresh, if you like, a fresh commitment. I want to say to you today, if you're here and you, you think that you are, Lord, and you are Lord of your own life, or even if you're at home and you're just running your own show, I've got news for you. Sooner or later, you're going to come a cropper because you ain't that good. You, you, you've got great qualities. God loves you as you are. He loves you as you are, even though he knows that you screw things up. We have an immensely high propensity to mess things up. Leaders included. I want to give an invitation in a moment. We're going to get a chance to pray for you to surrender your leadership of your own life, if you like, and declare for you personally that Jesus is Lord And what a difference that will make in your life if you do that. Just want to say. Now, personally, I am a follower and I need leaders in my life, but I only have one Lord, personally. What does this mean? I can remember a couple of phone calls in my life that I I wish I could forget. And in both of the occasions I'm thinking of right now, I received news that a leader, an apostolic leader that that we look to as a couple, that we look to personally, that we looked up to as like, there is somebody, if one day I could, I could walk like that and lead like that, then I'd, I'd be doing all right. Uh, two phone calls where they had consciously and crazily broken the covenant of their marriage and pushed a self-destruct button on incredible ministries. And I can remember in those moments, and even now, the, the, depth, the, the depth of disappointment is just, in those moments, it's, it's shocking. It's, it brings you to your knees. And in both of those incidences, when I realized this apostolic leader, somebody that was like a hero, went from hero in my estimation to less than zero. How can you say that and do that? How can you plant this and destroy and burn that? How can you build this but demolish that? How? And in both of those occasions, I find myself on my own in a room on my knees. And I'm on my knees, not before them, but before who? The Lord. (laughs) And in both of those occasions, the thing that gets me up from the floor is I've recognized on my knees that whilst I might have many leaders in my life, and I will, I only have one Lord. And his position is not up for grabs. And in, the, in Gethsemane, he had the opportunity to resign, but he chose not to. Hello? 
He could, he's never been unfaithful to his bride. Hello? He's never. And he never will be unfaithful to his bride. His bride, the church. His name is Jesus. So personally, what a blessing it is today for us to say, okay, I thank you, God, for my leaders in my life. But I want to declare again that you are Lord. And for us as a church, it's the same kind of thing. We recognize, and David's talked already about the incredible beauty of, we had 19 leaders in a room just up on a hill outside uh, Watford for a whole day. Really busy leaders from agencies and charities and churches gathering together around the table of the grace of who? Of the Lord Jesus Christ, united across denominations. What a beautiful thing. And we declare in those moments that there is one Lord over Watford and we expect a blessing as a result. Hallelujah. As a church, we want to be and grow leaders. You've heard about the Raising Leaders program. We want, to raise, we want this to be a leadership factory, not a factory, a leadership field, a leadership uh, production site where, where the young people and the children in the groups right now, not just and you in the room, but also those who are in our children's groups and, and young adults groups and young people, for them to grow, to become culture shapers to become the project managers and the prime ministers, to become the next Watford manager, or maybe give it a time, uh, in, in a few managers' time. Anyway, to, to, to give leadership to society as a gift for the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers. We're raising them here in this church family, and we will raise leaders, amen? But we will only raise leaders in as much as we have people who know who the boss really is, and his name is Jesus. And as a society, what a difference it makes when God positions the people of Christ in positions of influence who know that whilst their boss may be, I don't know, a senior civil servant, their Lord is Jesus. While they might report to the CEO, the Lord is Jesus. Hallelujah. I think I've said enough. And I think probably as we come to pray, it's probably enough for us just to admit that sometimes we've really got this wrong. We've really got this wrong. And sometimes it's easier, isn't it, to look to another human leader that's on the video with all the millions of hits, the person who's planted you know, amazing churches, the person that gets interviewed by Oprah as a Christian. We think, well, that's my leader. I don't know why that means anything, but for some people that really means something. Oh, they're a real leader. They, are. they, they were interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. I'm like, so? <laughs> And when the platforms have all the lights on it and when the pedestals get higher and higher, what a great thing to be reminded today that whilst we might thank God for the gift of leadership, ultimately we've been given only one Lord. And for us to pray and agree together as a church, whatever, whatever we do, that he gets the final say. And we're building on that foundation. Now, before we 
sing together. We're going to sing that great uh, kind of modern day hymn, In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found. Before we do that, though, I just want to give an opportunity for anyone here. If you, if you haven't given your life into Christ's hands, if you haven't declared him as your Lord, as your master, then during this song, begin a conversation with the Lord where you're allowing the words of this song to become the words of your heart. And then David will lead us uh, in a prayer. So if that's you, just make the decision now. Okay, today's my day, the 6th of February, 2022. I gave my life to Jesus. And at home, I want to say this is this. I'm praying that you know right now at home, the presence of Jesus in the room where you are right now, wherever you're watching this, that you might know the beauty and the glory of having Jesus as your Lord, as well as your Savior. Okay, church, let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we welcome you. We welcome you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Lord, we want to come to you with honest hearts. And we want to declare together in this place that only you are Lord. Only you are Lord. And God, I want to pray, and we want to pray, God, if in any way we've ever put someone else on the pedestal that only belongs to you. We repent of that today, Lord, and we're sorry. We're sorry for our idolatry, for allowing anyone else to take your place. Forgive us, Lord. We're sorry. And we say, God, would you help us to keep our eyes on you? Lord, we do thank you for the leaders in our lives. We do, but Lord, we declare in this place, there is only one Lord, and that is you, the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> you are Lord. You are Lord. And so we say, God, receive the praise that you're worthy of. And in Wellspring Church as a family, we say, take your place. And there will be no competition because you alone are Lord. And even as we pray, we declare your Lordship over Watford and over this region, over Hertfordshire over Great Britain. Lord, there may be power changing hands at times, but your, your power is never changing hands. Hallelujah. Your Lordship is not up for vote. It's not subject to a number of likes. Your, your authority is ultimate. And we lift you up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, have your way among us. We put our trust in you. Let's sing.